So this wasn't on my, my paper, but I'm going to say this anyway because I'm feeling it because I think we need to hear this. Masculinity is not toxic. Okay? I don't care what the society says. It is not toxic. People are toxic when, because they, they're broken. They come from broken places, and they do toxic things whether they're men or women. But masculinity is not toxic. And men, it is okay to be a man. Women, you need to tell your men it's okay to be a man because right now it's not okay for them to say it themselves. And if the women don't stick up for the men, the men will just be quiet. Okay? And if this bothers you, if you're offended by it, we'll pray for you afterwards. It's okay. Okay. Uh, the second one I need to say is uh, discover new life. That is our time when we get together and we have a small group that just talks about what we're doing here, why we do it, what's important, the vision of this house, right? So if you're new to our house, we'd love for you to be a part of that. There is a sign-up sheet outside, and the 3rd of July, we're going to start at the end, and it is upstairs in the loft. And you go up the stairs and keep hanging to the left, you'll run right into it. We would love to have you there. Okay, so... We're going to pray specifically because my wife heard twice that I need to pray. And so when my wife tells me, honey, you need to pray, I'll be like, yes, ma'am. Because <laughs> she hears from God. So I'm going to talk about something today. And I'm asking God to be able for me to give it the way he's saying it and for us to hear it the way he sang it. So God, I thank you for right now what you're doing. I give you permission with me. Let me only say what you're saying. Let me do what I see you doing. And God, our ears, we want to be able to hear you. We want to know you. We want to be able to respond to you fully so that we can step into being who we're designed to be. And I thank you right now for your presence for your words, and for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, hello, new life. So, we constantly talk about relationship with God, relationship with each other. And it is a challenge oftentimes like to, to keep moving. Like, like we, we spend a lot of our walk moving into that, moving into that, moving that, and discovering what it's like. And I want to talk about, like, there is a relationship that we need to, like, we need to steward our relationship with him. We need to actually steward our heart. So this is talking about the title of stewarding our hunger, right? But it's synonymous with stewarding our own heart. Because oftentimes when we think of stewardship, we think of stewardship in the external, which is a lot of what stewardship is, right? The things that are put into our hands. But one of the biggest challenges we have is actually stewarding our own heart. And so, for us to step into this amazing place that we're designed that looks like Jesus, we need something that only comes through hunger. So last week, Shireen talked about hope. Hope and hunger go hand in glove. Like, you really can't have one without the other, right? And so, you know, she mentioned faith, right? Faith is like this target, 
right? We're going after it. God says this is true. So there is a truth that he's given us. He said, this is true. You can have this, right? But if I don't have hope to have it, if I don't have hope that I can actually get it, attain it, step into it, right? If I, there's no hope, I'll never, like, it can't happen, right? Because it doesn't matter if I believe God said it, if I don't actually believe, like, I can actually get there. But if you don't have hunger, it doesn't matter how much hope you have. See, hunger is the catalyst. Hunger is the movement. Hunger is the thing that actually, that goes. It's also the thing that, that that's where my will is applied. Because I don't always hunger outside of my will. Like, so there, there are times when we can hunger and it's just there. Right? If you've never experienced fasting, right? Try it. Right? A cracker looks amazing. Right? You were just like, oh, I could just eat a cracker right now. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? A saltine, you're like, oh, that would be amazing right now. You know, I haven't eaten in three days. Right? Try, try not drinking water. Right? If you don't drink water, there'll, there'll be a time you'll be just like, I will claw somebody to get to water, right? I mean, like, ah, because I'm going to die if I don't get it, right? That hunger is like, it's driven inside of us. It. It's, it's a biological reaction. But you know that, that that can actually be turned off too? Your hunger can be turned off. Like somebody who goes through chemo, one of the side effects is they lose their hunger sometimes, right? You could, if, you, if you had COVID, one of the side effects is sometimes they just like you lost your sense of smell, your sense of taste, and your hunger went away, right? So it, like, it can turn off, and, and it's a great weight loss program, right? There is a point, though, you're like, my body's wasting away because I can't survive. They're, without the hunger, like, I can't even get what I need. In the kingdom, it works like this. In the kingdom, hunger is a necessary element. In fact, you can't get to where you want to go without hunger. I would venture to say that, like, you being here right now, you actually go to church because you experience something somewhere in your life where, like, I was hungry and I experienced God out of a place of hunger. If that never happened to you, then you're probably here because, like, your parents drug you here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're only here because somebody else is, or there's some expectation externally. Most people, when they make a decision for God, it's because there's some kind of hunger built up inside of you. It just, it was there. Think about Jesus. Jesus, he's walking around talking to people. Hey, you know, telling parables, right? It's his presence. There's something about him. He's got these words in their, in their life. He's speaking these words of life. And what happens when people hear words that are coming from the kingdom? They start hungering for it. It's like, oh, he's got something. I want it. Now, the other people just came for the fishes and loaves, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, something good about him. But they just go home, right? But then there was, there was people that were like, this guy, there's something going on here. I've got to have this. And they would hang out with him, and he'd start moving. They'd be like, okay, where are we going? You know, we're going to go with him. You know, and, and, and it's kind of how he ended up with the 12, right? Because the 12 wouldn't leave. They just kept hanging out. 
Every time he's going, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. You know, he, they wouldn't let him get away. Why? Because they were hungry. See, there's something about hunger that goes after the thing it hungers for to, to the exclusion of everything else. Like, nothing is more important than what I'm hungry for. And so then, conversely, the same is true, right? If I don't have hunger, then there are other things that are more important. Or my, leg, my level of hunger, if it's down here, okay, these things are more important. Um, you know, I've got, I've got grandkids, and, and one of my grandkids, like, he eats when he gets hungry enough, right? But there are some things like playing, you know, or you go swimming, and, and you, he'll go swimming, swimming, you know, swimming, 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 and there's a point where it's like, oh, I'm starving, I've got to eat, right? You know, and so the thing that he's doing is more important than eating at the moment, but there's a, there's a place at which eating becomes more important than the swimming. And so even in our walk with God, like, there are things that take up our energy and time, and, and, and we get distracted with, and, and, and sometimes our hunger for him isn't as high as what we're doing or what we're really wanting or our job or the thing that's taken up all our energy of our thinking. And this is the struggle we have. Jesus made it very clear that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness when things are right. If you don't know this, when Jesus died on the cross for you, when he did what he did, he gave you a position of righteousness with him. He set things right. Now, when you connect to him, when you get baptized in his name, when you get filled with the Spirit and you move yourself to him and you get placed inside of who he is, now God sees you as righteous. That's, that's the truth of who you are. See, now, if we step out of that, though, and we, we go do stupid and we're, we get disconnected and we're no longer hungry like we used to be, right? That's actually a lie. That's not who we are. It's what we're experiencing, but it is a lie. Because only God sees us in Christ. That's how he sees us. We have to believe the lie to step out of Christ. And so this is the righteousness that he's talking about. Let me give you another one. This is what hunger looks like. The kingdom of heaven. You remember my last message. Got a couple of those. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had to buy that field. Think about that. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden. And when you discover it, you will sell everything you have to get it if you recognize its value. If you recognize its value. But this is what the kingdom of heaven's like. See, when Jesus came, he's talking about life. I, I've come that you might have life and more abundant life more abundantly. I, my words that I speak, they're life, right? He's giving away life. And so kingdom and life are the same thing. 
When it's talking about the kingdom of God, it's talking about life. Kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the scripture. But that's not all of the kingdom. That, like, he, he didn't describe the entirety of the kingdom. The kingdom is a lot of different stuff. There's, that we, When we experience kingdom, it changes things in us, right? But it's life. It's probably the best thing you can think of. It's life. You know what happens when I get life? I change. How do I know I'm getting kingdom? Because I'm changing. Something happens to me. Right? And so... Think of, think of uh, Peter getting up, first message. They're like, okay. After he preaches, he's like, they're like, what do we do? And he's like, think differently, repent. Get baptized in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost. He's like, repent, think differently. You know what happens when you get life? You repent. I don't know about you, right? I've done a lot of repenting, right? And I'm not talking about feeling sorry, like that's, like oftentimes the result, right, of recognizing I'm thinking like an idiot. Right? I'm going to be like, oh, that was so stupid. That was so stupid. Right? But thinking differently is thinking the way God thinks about something and seeing it from his perspective and agreeing with that truth and stepping into it from that place. And because I do, I change. I start operating in a different way. Why? Because life has now come into me, and it's actually changing me to see differently, and I operate differently because I've got life in me now that wasn't there before. Anybody who really, really knows me, they know I'm not like full of life, and there's like no deaths in me at all right now. Like, there's still deaths showing up every once in a while. But that doesn't change. I'm on this journey of more life and more life and more kingdom and more kingdom and more life. But the only way I can get it is through hunger. Hunger is the only way to get it. God will not impose kingdom on you. There are way too many scriptures. I could have had like sheets of scriptures that talk about this in different ways. What, he, what, he, what he's doing is like, so like right now, if I'm hearing from heaven and I'm speaking words of heaven, that the result should be that inside of us we're like, oh yeah, hmm, I want that. That's, that's something that's, that's worth going after. That's, it does something in me, right? If, if I'm full of him and I'm walking with somebody, Is it coming out of me? Because when it comes out of me, something is happening. There's a relationship with giving away kingdom and receiving kingdom that is based off of hunger. Here's another parable for you. He also said, this is Mark 4, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, Night and day, when he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle in because the harvest has come. This is what it's like for us. When we connect to him the way we're designed through, hunger, 
moving our hope targeted towards faith and what God says. And we got faith and we go after everything he's talking about. Things we, we, we experience when we read scripture. Things when, when we're hearing him and we're, we're praying and he's talking to us, right? Anytime his voice is showing us something, it's the word of God. He's asking us to go after that, right? And so we're going after it. And, and what is coming to us is life, is kingdom. And just like when you plant seed, you look out there and shazam, look, it's sticking out of the ground now. And then you come back and, wow, it's taller. Wow, it's got little weeds on the head. You know, wow, the wheat's now turning brown. Little thing's ready to go. Well, okay, let's harvest it, right? Other people eat that. You don't know how it happens. It is just the byproduct of what happens with kingdom. Kingdom produces something inside of you that spills over into relationships. See, I can talk about relationship, 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 relationship all the time. Like we could go after relationship, but if we go after relationship without actually going after him first and letting the kingdom come into us and the kingdom to grow in us, the way we'll operate in relationships is going to be absent of the kingdom. We can have good relationships, right? Especially if we're used to having bad relationships. We can have better relationships. But there's a relationship you're designed for that you're like Jesus. Your relationships are designed so that you're like have this abundance in you that other people eat the fruit of. And you're a blessing to them, and, and, and they're a blessing to you, and you walk with each other. And, and, and this thing is designed for a culture of hunger. A culture of hunger. What would it look like if we could have a small group where everybody's hungry? Actually, went to one the other week, this last week. They know who was there, right? I went to the small group. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's hungry. You know what happens in small groups like that? Everybody grows. Everybody experiences more of God. See, that's the culture that we're designed to have. But, I, but you, you recognize, like, it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. If it happened by accident, every single church in the United States and around the world would just be doing amazing, Right? Because it happens just because you show up at church. Or you have a really great service, right? It's like, how do I say this? We have today presence of God showing up, right? Presence of God. We can feel him. I don't know if you know this, that is not what I'm talking about. His presence doesn't put kingdom inside of you any more than Jesus' presence put kingdom inside of the people he was feeding fishes and loaves to. His presence is awesome. His presence is necessary. His presence is a catalyst, is, is how do we get introduced to the kingdom. But the kingdom only comes through hunger. 
because we want it. See, this is where our will is applied. If you want to know what to do for God, this is what you do. If you do this, everything else is going to work out. (laughs) I need you. I need you. I need you. I give you permission into me. I want you more than anything. God, I am going to seek you. I am hungry for you. You just keep doing that, everything else is going to work out. If you're going to do something, that's what we do. Because it's not, you know, we can feed the poor, we can show up for church, we can sing real loud, we can put all our energy into it and just jump all over the place, do backflips. If we had a chandelier, we could swing from that, you know? But those aren't the things that get you this. The kingdom only comes through our got to have him more than anything. I was, we, were, we do our little Friday meeting, and someone said, well, give us, why don't you give a story? I'm like, I'll give a story. God, remind me of a story. For those that know me, i got a terrible memory. So if he gives me a story, it's like, yep, that was God. And he reminded me, you know, for those that don't know, I, I don't really like talking about this. You know, some, I know people are like, oh, yeah, that's so amazing what God did. But it's like, huh, I don't, you know, it's, it's, I don't like talking sometimes about myself. I don't, don't know why. But those that don't know, I was like, back in 2001, 2, 3, 4, I got sick. I had a tumor, didn't know I had a tumor, got misdiagnosed, and uh, they gave me a diagnosis of an arthritic condition in my back, and uh, it just got worse and worse and worse. During that time, right, I, I lost my insurance because I lost my job. Crazy amazing God provided. Like just before I lost my insurance, I got this amazing wheelchair that was like $20,000, you know. I, I, like, God provided through the whole thing. We didn't lose our house, we didn't lose our cars, right? God provided. Just want to make sure everybody knows that first. But I ended up spending years in a wheelchair. And I got to the point where just cutting my own food was painful. Moving into my bed was painful. Everything was painful. It was, it was excruciatingly painful. And, and you go through this, like when you go through hard, really hard times, uh, you know, the enemy's more than happy to, why, why is God doing that to you? Why do you deserve this? You know, you, there's all kinds of stuff you go through in your brain, right? It, it really jacks with you. And I, I've gone through all of the rigmarole, the roller coaster, emotional ride, and I just got to this place where, God, I just need you. I need you more than anything. I need you. If I live, if I die, I need you. If, if I get healed, I don't get healed, I need you. And there was something about positioning myself that way, right? I, I almost feel like he was like, okay, now we're ready. Right? That's what it kind of felt like. Because just a couple weeks later, right, I go, I finally get into the VA to see the specialist, right? It's been months waiting to get this appointment. And he looks at me in about five minutes, he's like, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that means something else is wrong with me than what you think, right? So they, they put me in the hospital couple weeks after that, right, and everybody and their brother came and looked at me. They're all looking at me, right? And this, one of the only symptoms that I had that was like they could like have something to look at other than the fact that everything was messed up, right? 
GI tract was messed up. My urinary tract was messed up, right? Everything was painful. It was, it was like all this stuff, right? But I was urinating all the phosphorus out of my body, right? Like they would give me phosphorus and bloop, it would come out. They were giving, if you ever took a pack of phosphorus, they were giving three packs three times a day. And it was like, and they're going, there's something going on with that. And so this, this one uh, intern comes in from uh, endocrinology and she goes, I think I know what's wrong with you, right? I've heard about this, right? And, and, and there's usually a tumor that causes this. So they gave me a full body scan and they found the tumor. It was in my head. That's, so if you don't know what's wrong with me, that's what's wrong. So, turns out there was only 120 known cases in the world. The guy who discovered the hormone works at University Hospital, like, and they got a walkway in between the two hospitals, and that, that guy told the endocrinologist about this, and so she told her students about it, and shazam, they found me, right? Otherwise, it's really hard to find because it disguised, the symptoms disguise themselves as something else. I'm going through this, right? And when I reach that place where, God, I need you more than anything else, right? It all started, tick, 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 tick. everything started lining up. The other thing that lined up, though, I started hearing his voice blaringly loud. It was like megaphone compared to before. But it was the hunger. It, I, I, I just needed him more than anything. And, and, and there was something about being in that place of hunger, like, you, I don't have an answer for anything now without you. I have no life without you. I have no future without you. I've got nothing without you. Like, I, I wouldn't recommend this for anybody, like, hey, this is a great way to go. But I tell you what, I wouldn't go back and change it for anything, because the version of me you see now happens because of me getting to the place where I'm hungry for him more than anything. And I wish, I wish I was like smarter or whatever it is, that I didn't go through that to get here, right? I, I appreciate those people are just like, I, there's a couple people that in this house, like they are connected to God, that you're just like, they are on a trajectory that, right? They're smarter than me. Right? If I would have been smarter, I would have been chosen another way to do this, right? Be smarter. Be smarter. If you're going to apply your will to anything, it is this. I have got to steward my hunger. I've got to steward my heart. And when something gets me off, I've got to steward my heart. I've got to be hungry. Because everything I talked about last time I preached about, you know, the train ride and being with him and going with him and, and, and like all that comes because you're hungry and you're willing to get on the train. The reason why we don't get on the train with him is because we're not that hungry. If we're going to keep doing this, if you want to be somewhere other than where you are exactly right now, if you want to be somewhere further down the road, it ain't going to happen without hunger. Because this is what happens with hunger. Matthew 13. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven 
is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little bit of yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. That's what kingdom does. It does what it's designed to do. When you open up and you hunger for life, you hunger for him, it's going to do stuff in you that you did not even see coming because that's what it does. It is how you become the amazing version of you you were always designed to be. The version of you, like when God's writing up his version, this is exactly the specs for this person. Right, all you engineers out there, right? He's making us, right? This is how I spec, spec that person out, right? The version over here isn't according to specs. This version over here got all jacked up because the world and our beliefs and how we grew up and all the lies and everything, right? So this, this, this version of us is out of the specs, but there is a design that we're specifically designed for. That he, that's how he sees us. That's what he's calling you to. And when you get the kingdom in you like you're supposed to, it moves you over there. That's the result of it. You don't have to try to get there. You will get there. You just have to try and try and try to steward yourself to hunger. I have to maintain my hunger. I'm recognizing I've got less hunger than I used to have. I can't do this if I don't have hunger. I'm going to hunger for you. That hunger can be interfered with fear, fear of what's going to be asked of me, fear of failure, fear of... There's probably a lot of it. That hunger could be subverted if you don't have any hope, that somehow, you know what, yeah, it's probably true about the guy next to me, but me, no. God doesn't see me that way. It's a lie. You are absolutely amazing. You are designed to look like Jesus. Like, not like look like him, but look like him. You're designed to just have kingdom coming out of you. And, and, and that same kingdom that transforms you, it actually, in somebody else, it creates hunger because they see, man, that happened because of God. And if God can do that for that person, if, it, if they, man, I can have that too. Some of you have got little preachers inside of you. That when you submit to that hunger in you and, and that seed starts growing, there'd be little situations where, and when I say preacher, I'm not like, you know, hell and brimstone. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, but it, that the words of life just are going to come out of your mouth and you're going to speak words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic words, words of hope, words of life, be able to see. And hear in the moment what God is saying to that person that's going to help them navigate the space that they're in. That's what a culture of hope goes after. A culture of hunger. A culture of faith. All of those things show up with you being you and then us being amazing. What if we went after that? See, if you notice what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's all about you being amazing. 
This is all about us being the body. So you don't just go after it for you. You go after it because the one you love, the one sitting next to you, the one you want to have a relationship that's better, they need you to be fully actualized into who you are. Because if it's not you, then who? If we don't go after it, who's going to go after it? I can't think of anything more important. Go ahead and play the music. If you could put put Second Peter up on the screen for me. Just read through that while I'm talking. I can speak for Dwayne, I think, when I say this. I'm speaking for myself when I say this. I'm speaking for any leader here that actually understands the vision of this house when I say this. We need you to be you. If you're waiting for relying on us, you are missing the boat. This whole model of the way we do church where it's the leaders, it's the guy in the pulpit, it's, it's these people with the words, they're, they're going to lead us down the road and we're all going to get to the promised land. That's not how it works. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be surprised. I don't understand it all, but if you don't understand what I'm saying, listen to the last time I approach because you'll catch it there. We can't do things the way we've been doing them. They're not getting us to where we need to go. We're targeting towards the wrong thing. We're, it's not a bad target. It's not like, oh, we're doing it wrong. But it's like we're just off enough to where we're not going to get to where we need to go. We have to shift it ever so slightly in a way that targets it differently. Because when we do, we're going to give him permission to do what he's designed to do. We're going to be who we're designed to be. And we're going to be effective in building the kingdom. Because if I'm going to be hungry for something, I want to be hunger for his divine power that gives us all the things that pertain to life and godliness. See, if I want to be hungry for something, I want to be hungry for the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. I want to be hungry for the exceedingly great and precious promises. I want to be hungry to be a partaker of the divine nature. That's what we're supposed to be hungry for. Because that's what we've been given. Go ahead and stand up. It's so un-American. It's so un-American. 
to be desperate. I've been to places and I've been to situations where people are desperate. They will do anything for something to change. If I could give you permission for anything, that would be like, that's what I want to give you permission for right now, is to be desperate for him. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I can't answer that. I don't have any like magic words. I don't have a great prayer that makes that happen. I've got nothing other than that he's calling me to want him more, to desire and hunger for him more, to not be satisfied with what we have because we're designed for more. And it's not enough like today. what What I'm saying is like somehow, some way, I've got to carry this into tomorrow. I've got to carry this into Tuesday, Wednesday. And if it starts waning, to recognize that I have the gift of stewardship that allows me to go after it and apply my will to it and say, I'm going to choose to be hungry. You want someone to pray with you? We got, we got prayer warriors around here. We got people on the prayer team. We got people who are out here doing small groups, seeing the miraculous happen. They're going to pray with you. If you want to come forward, come forward. I don't need you to do anything but I suspect knowing God as much as I do and experiencing the different way, he is asking you to do something. And whatever he's asking you to do, I would just do it if I was you. I think anything less, you'd be shortchanging yourself. So we're gonna send some time worshiping him. You respond to God and you need prayer. We will pray with you. If you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with hope and how to generate hope, someone will pray with you.